I was planning to do a bonus episode of Locked On Suns after Suns Knicks. I was not planning to do this episode of Locked On Suns. Bradley Beal goes down. The Suns look lifeless to close the game. And it might be an inflection point of the season. Let's dig in. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for making Locked On Suns your first listen midday Saturday. That is not normally when we post episodes of this show, but I wanted to rewatch a good portion of the Knicks game, and I wanted to give you content based off of one of the bigger nights in the Suns season. So thank you for being here. We're free and available everywhere including YouTube. So wherever you're finding us, just hit follow, hit subscribe, get a new show in your feed every single Monday through Friday, as well as bonus episodes like this. Become an everydayer and get locked on to the Phoenix Suns right along with me each and every day. The Suns lost on Friday night. I think you know that. 139 to 122. And we're going to talk about it. Specifically, why the defense is still the biggest problem, what is fixable about the offense, and what can go better, especially, well, not especially, but in spite of Bradley Beal going down with another injury. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA when you make your first deposit to get it matched up to $100. We'll talk about prize picks more later on, but we have a game to get to here. And honestly, if you look at the 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 visiting the visits from the two New York teams and in tandem, this was not a not a good week in Sunsland. Um, another one because we thought the big three at least was presenting a restart for the season. They debuted a quarter of the way in together at last, and it felt as if if nothing else. We were going to learn something about the team, and maybe we have, but obviously now, four and a half minutes into the first quarter of the Knicks game, Bradley Beal goes down with a right ankle sprain, and the air went out of the building, and I think that's kind of where you have to start. It would have been a, a reasonable... It was reasonable to watch this team struggle to get their minds right after that, after the injury. Okay. Truly, I get it. Uh, it was weird energy in the arena at that moment. I went back and watched the Suns broadcast, and Kevin Ray and Eddie Johnson were kind of searching for words. And it's not because the injury was some sort of scary, grotesque thing. It's because it just, I wouldn't even say one step forward and two steps back. I would say like a half step forward and nine steps back has been what this season has felt like from an injury standpoint, from a continuity standpoint. And it just hit hit them all like a freight train. The thing is, they actually rallied. Uh, and it never really got out of hand until late. So I kind of 
fast forward past the like this loss did not happen because the energy hit rock bottom because of Beal going out. It happened early enough in the game that they were able to get it together and they had every opportunity to win this game. The reason that they did not win this game is the defense. And in particular, the fourth quarter, uh, fourth quarter on both ends. And let's talk through what can change. All right, we'll get to the offense. We'll get to the rotation. We'll get to identity and all that stuff. But I do think this is an inflection point for the Sun season because um, the hope you have to move past, and I'm not saying this to fans, I'm saying this about the mentality that I I would try to have if I was in that locker room, right? Uh, Coach, player, whatever. Looking forward and seeing the fully healthy big three as when the season will start, it's just over. I don't know how long Beal will will be out, but you know, to me, it looked similarly severe to like what KD dealt with at the th- in the Thunder game when he was supposed to debut. It wasn't just a tweak like Book had or KD just had. It was. It seemed like more than that, and the pain of it because his foot was kind of it was landing on the shot. It was kind of pointed inward. And then the ankle rolled outward, if that makes sense. His foot was kind of landing at an angle, pointed kind of toward his body. I know you've seen it. I'm not sure why I'm giving you the whole breakdown, but that's why I think it could be worse. So that was three weeks for Durant. And you just can't expect that that's going to be the saving grace anymore. And that's why I think it's an inflection point. But also it's an inflection point because the basketball, if you stop looking forward to that as the saving grace... You have to look yourself in the mirror and accept that the basketball is not good enough right now. And that's another reason why it's an inflection point, because it just has to turn around. The play of the team, night to night, needs to improve no matter who is on the court, no matter how long this prognosis might be for Beal or how much longer they'll be without a Kogi and anything. It has to get better, and it starts on the defensive end. The Suns are, I think, like 17th in defense after last night. I believe it's a 116, maybe 19th. They have a 116 defensive rating. That's not ever going to cut it. You know, they we're never going to be an elite defense, but I think the other problem is even if you accept they were going to be middle of the pack at best, the things that they were supposed to do to get there aren't really working. Um, you know, the, the identity of how that defense was supposed to look is not exactly what it should be. They're allowing the 10th most shots at the rim. They're allowing the ninth best efficiency for opponents at the rim. And, you know, ask Spencer Dinwiddie or Cam, well, not really Cam Thomas or Jalen Brunson or any number of other players about that. And I think, uh, I think you'll, you'll, you'll hear some confirmation it's too easy for teams to score in the paint against this team and one thing that's actually saving them is that teams are only shooting 32 percent on corner threes against the suns 
I just that that's that's not really sustainable. You know, maybe they just get lucky for the whole season, but you have to expect that to always be closer to the middle of the pack. There's not really a lot that teams can do night to night that can sway how well an opponent makes a corner three because a lot of corner threes are open. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. Even over the course of 25 games like we've seen, a low number like that mostly just represents luck. The Suns are like seven percentage points better than the middle of the pack, maybe even closer to eight. I don't know what the league average is, but I'm just looking at the middle and from like the 15-ish range on corner threes for opponents is like 39%. So the team could be even worse on that end. They don't force any turnovers, although that's a place where they do miss Josh Akogi. And they're the in the bottom half of the NBA in transition defense. You've heard me talk about it a lot this week, but I think the switching is is failing them. And that's up and down the roster. I don't think there's a way around it. That's how a lot of defenses play these days. That's how a lot of defenses have to play these days because the level of talent and the way that teams are able to space the floor, the way that teams... um, I would even say the way that the game is officiated where allowing players to get downhill... Even if you have help at the paint, sometimes that's just going to become a free throw. There's all sorts of different components to why, uh, you know, a lot of like-sized players out there rather than kind of the one through five traditionally. The Suns have to play that way, but they're young guys. And I would honestly say everybody on this roster recently has been a a really big culprit of not executing that. A lot of threes, you know, the the three that I think gave Brunson his 50-piece last night came off of (coughs) laziness or miscommunication, I'm not sure. The Brunt, uh, the Quentin Grimes three, I, I put this on my Twitter at the beginning of the fourth quarter, which was one of the ones that Kevin Durant referenced in the postgame. Grimes made a couple of threes in the beginning of the fourth quarter to help New York get off the ground, especially when their, when their best players weren't on the court. One of them was pretty well contested by Grayson Allen, but the other one was... Um, a a strange switch by Goodwin and Eubanks off of a pick and roll that led Booker to try to help on an RJ Barrett drive. And then he left Quentin Grimes wide open, like 10 feet away from where Barrett was for the pass. These are the kinds of mistakes that they are making repeatedly. And I would even throw Nurkic in there because when guys aren't fighting through screens at the point of attack, that puts Nurkic in situations where he has to switch because the smaller player guarding the ball handler falls behind the play. So Nurkic has to kind of clean that up. And now you're in a switch where really mismatched up. A guard is now able to attack Nurkic. A small guy is in the post and you're kind of screwed. So there are a lot of things related to their switching. But the biggest thing is that they they are not playing the style of defense that you would have expected they could have with Frank Vogel in place. And that's not a shot at Vogel, but I want to get to questions about the offense and the identity as we continue on here. So let's get to it. First... Today's show brought to you by Dave.com. 
and Dave would have been useful uh, with expensive parking tickets, vet bills, car service that we've all dealt with in life, and they're here to help now with extra cash. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less with no credit check and no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank, finally get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can build credit when you do settle up on time. So join the millions of people that have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. If you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave at dave.com slash locked on NBA today. That's dave.com slash locked on NBA. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. So download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on NBA for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve member FDIC. Let's keep it rolling. A little bit more in terms of the stats here, and I'm sure you've seen this one going around, but the Suns are 30th in fourth quarter net rating right now. When I say 30th, I mean 30th. The Detroit Pistons have lost 20-plus games in a row. The San Antonio Spurs have lost a bunch of games, and of course, maybe there's a little bit of messiness in that data because the those teams are probably down so much in the fourth quarter that... They might occasionally make a run or two because they're playing against the other team's white flag lineup and everything else. But nevertheless, you don't want to be last in that category. You don't want to be last in really any category as a team if you're trying to win a title, and that one especially. The the Suns either fail to mount comebacks or fall apart often in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying anything new when I say that. But while it's it's it's... I don't want to say easy like I, whatever. It's like, it's not hard to say that they're uh, bad on both ends at times in the fourth quarter, but that's true, right? It's, it's the more simple answer is just to say they're not playing any defense, but, and of course, if you're not playing good defense, then the opposing team is able to set its defense repeatedly and the two are connected. So I'm not, I think defense is the bigger issue and that's why I started with it, but the offense is a problem as well. And that brings us to the last stat, uh, big picture that I wanted to throw in there, which is offensive pace. The Suns are 29th in the NBA in offensive pace after last night's game, the Knicks. So when you're talking about some of the things that Vogel has gotten out of his teams at their best, especially those Lakers teams in more of the modern era, it was turning defense into offense and maybe making up for a little bit of imperfect roster building, which is what happens when you have star players, whether that's LeBron and AD or Durant, Booker, and Beal, by playing fast. You know, that team, LeBron is a point guard, but that team didn't have a lot in the way of ball handling, even like LeBron's Cavs or Heat teams did with Dwayne Wade and Mario Chalmers and Kyrie Irving and on down the list. So... That's something you would have expected to happen, and it's not. And I think you see it when there are just these plays where I I think the Suns are running more offense with an initial action than fans are giving credit for. I do. I, I think that you're missing that there is supposed to be a simplicity to this offense, but they are running initial action to get 
a mismatch or get a player in their spot in rhythm. It's just what happens next that becomes a huge problem and is why a lot of these possessions end so late in the clock. That plus, they walk the ball up too often. They're not always sure who's going to get the inbound or the outlet pass, and then they take a long time to get set up, and sometimes there's just teams are able to defend you differently when you're late in the clock because they don't have to worry about those same mismatches or breakdowns when it's just, okay, if we can smother out this, then the possession is already going to be over, right? So that's why pace matters here. And it trickles down into who's taking the shots and how they're getting them. I think this is a pretty interesting stat for good and bad reasons, frankly. According to uh, playbyplaystats.com, pbpstats.com, when both Booker and Durant have been on the court this season together, that is 287 minutes, about 598 possessions, Booker has a 29% usage rate. Durant has a 26% usage rate. So, that tells me a few things. One, when they're both on the court, both of them are taking a back seat. Like, they're both, both of those numbers are down from each player's kind of overall usage, right? That's a... To me, that's a good thing. It signals that not one guy is dominating things too much. Yeah, Booker's usage overall this season is 31.8%. That's basically identical to what it has been the past two years. Durant's is 32.4%. So they're both sacrificing, so to speak, when they're on the floor together. Nearly a third of Durant's shots have been threes on those possessions, and nearly a quarter of Booker's shots have been threes in those possessions. So obviously, you look at those numbers, and it's clear who has the ball in their hands the most. It's Booker. That's not a surprise. But I think I choose to look at that as primarily a positive thing, that the balance is kind of getting where it needs to get, and it is going to ultimately come down to shot selection and the mix, right? Another problem, though, is they've both, in those minutes, combined for 38 turnovers, or about 6.3 per game. That's too many. So that also signals to me a little bit of disorder, right? But let's get to the shot the shot diet, not selection. Selection makes it seem like it's a choice. Sometimes I don't know if it always is a choice in these, in these games for every team. That's not me, like, with some kind of barb against the Suns, but... For Durant specifically, he was at three and a half possessions scoring off of screens last season. He was at three the year before that. So that covers some of his son's time, obviously a full net season. And now it's down to 2.3, which is closer to like where it was when he was on the Warriors. Very different offenses. I was kind of surprised it was that low when he was on the Warriors. But... That is a mystery to me. And the part of what's hard, I, I'm, maybe there's some website that I don't have access to, but the data can be difficult to sort. So I can't filter it down to looking at the past couple weeks, the past month, with Booker on, with Booker off, in terms of 
shot diet or like possession usage play type stuff. So that's just overall. I don't know how it looks when it's been Beal or Booker or all three or just two or whatever. It's just period. That's the number. But it's still gone down. However, his pick and rolls per game as a ball handler have gone up from last season. I throw all these numbers at you to say both Booker and Durant do real damage off the ball. You need to get them in position to do that. They need to put themselves in position to do that by mixing up who initiates the offense. I know early on, especially when Booker was out, there were some rough moments and growing pains and, again, disorder when you asked Allen or Gordon to be that guy. I know Goodwin ends up in situations when he does it where he has to take some, you know, errant shots, mid-range pull-ups and drives to the basket and he's not really that type of finesse scorer or like super high-level touch and things like that to put the ball in the basket so he can run into issues. But between those three guys and Yusuf Nurkic, I actually think the answer, in addition to continuing to balance out possessions where Booker initiates, possessions where Durant initiates, and pushing tempo, I think another aspect of what needs to happen there is that those four other initiators, and Beal eventually too, also need to be part of the initiating package. And obviously, I don't think having eight guys on the list who can initiate is smart. That's going to lead to more turnovers, more miscommunication, and everything else. But what I mean is, pick one, pick two. Install packages where those guys get reps as the initiator, They get comfortable, they get chemistry, running those sets, and Booker and Durant are able to do more of what also makes them so dangerous, which is being off of the ball. When you do that, it also allows you to not fall apart when the first action gets stifled because you are then in a position where the person receiving the pass after that first action is one of the stars, whereas now... What you see is somebody like Goodwin, somebody like Gordon, somebody, you know, anybody, pick a player, is receiving the ball after the possession is nearing the end of the shot clock, the defense is still set, and they have to make a play. If you run offense through some of your lesser players, that's why I'm always advocating for Nurkic to be more involved like that. He pulls the center out of the paint. He sets really good screens. He reads the game well. And he can get the ball to the best players rather than the other way around. That can help too. So it's a lot of things. I'm not going to pretend to know better than a lot of these guys, but I've watched all these games. The numbers kind of speak for themselves a little bit. And I think you're running into predictability, slow play, and confusion too often. And I think the offense is still part of the issue here, even if the defense is the bigger issue. With all that said, let's look forward. Beal out again. 
Gordon likely to return soon. Okogi likely to return soon. There should be some level of stability here. The Suns do still have a fairly cushy schedule coming up outside of Christmas Day. What needs to happen? We'll get into it next. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks, the best daily fantasy sports game. And with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from Prize Picks Specials League, which was created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. The Suns and the Cardinals have home games. On Sunday, maybe you're going to go threes made plus rushing touchdowns from Devin Booker and Kyler Murray, get the hometown favorites. Probably could get a (coughs) combo of, I don't know what, four and a half, five and a half off of that. Maybe you go more and shoot for some optimism. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play if one of your players gets injured. They offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, all making them the number one daily fantasy sports app. So if you want to play, if you want to try out the specials league or anything else on the app, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA or use the promo code LockedOnNBA to get a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA, promo code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's close it out. Uh, Let's talk about the rotation. I've cited this statistic quite a bit the past couple of weeks, and I believe that it's still true because Gordon and Allen have been out since, obviously, the game that Beal came back. So I don't believe that there's... Oh, and Durant, right, on uh, Wednesday. So I don't believe that this has changed, which is that the lineup of Booker, Allen, Gordon, Durant, and Nurkic has played 89 minutes together all season. So, obviously, it's a big bummer that Beal, Booker, and Durant as a trio has only played, I believe it's 24 minutes together, which is crazy. But even the second best fivesome that the Suns might want to put out there has only played 89 because Booker and Durant have traded off injuries in addition to Beal. And now recently, Gordon and Allen have missed games here and there. But I would think or hope that on Sunday, tomorrow, those five could start the game. Gordon was questionable, kind of a game-time decision on Friday. So I think he could play. I think that all five of those players could start. And I think that, like, maybe Akogi starts in the long run. So maybe, I guess, he maybe he starts on Sunday, too. Where I'm going with this is that I think step one here, and it's I feel hypocritical to a degree saying this, but it's because of the fact that we're 20-plus games into the year now. As much as I have advocated for Frank Vogel to be experimental, to be adaptable, and I still think that that's necessary, (coughs) I think that we are at the point where you kind of need your Tom Thibodeau rotation, right? You need your nine guys. You need to be able to, to, to tell Evan Fournier you're not playing, right? 
Mitchell Robinson is out right now, but prior to that, Jericho Sims, serviceable big, you know, small minute, you know, 15 minute guy, but serviceable player. You're not playing Jericho Sims because Mitchell Robinson is very good. Isaiah Hartenstein is very good. You're not playing, right? Who are the nine for the Suns? Who are the nine that are going to execute defensively, whether it's switching, whether it's help against drives and in the paint, forcing turnovers, getting back in transition, and and just executing what's being asked in the game plan? Who will space the floor for the best players, make the right decision on offense, play off of those guys at a high level, and be a good kind of tertiary piece of a super team type of offense. Play fast. Take the threes that are there. Keep the ball moving, right? Not all of the players in your rotation are going to check all of those boxes. Otherwise, you'd have a bunch of all-stars on your team. I get that. I'm not saying that. But pick the nine that make the most sense. Pick the 10 even that make the most sense. But last night, take out Bull Bull. He didn't really play. The Suns played um, 11 guys. And I know Beal is included in that. But that also doesn't include Kogi and Gordon. Right? So effectively, the only player who has not been in the rotation at all this year is Bull Bull. That's not going to work. Um Pick your nine. And just establish what the habits are going to be. Establish what the lineups are going to look like. I think, and I've thought this all along, the best course of action for the Suns is to be as close to number one in offense in the NBA as you possibly can be. Be between 10th and 15th in defense by putting as much size on the court as possible, when possible, executing aggressive kind of junky defensive schemes, and playing as mistake-free of basketball as you can play. That That's from looking at how this roster is and knowing how the best players like to operate, that is where I think this team's destiny lies. I don't feel differently about that than I did early in the season. So, where I'm at is, I think you probably have to continue to start a Kogi. I will give in on that finally, okay? I'll give in. Because the defense has just been too leaky. And if you're making an emphasis that you need to clean that up, you should be playing the players who are going to do that. And I think over the course of the season, Okogi has been the most mistake, the least mistake prone, the most disruptive, and the most turnover creating defensive guy on this team. So put him, put him out there. So I guess what I'm saying is, if he's able to play on Sunday or whenever he's able to play, Booker, Allen, Okogie, Durant, Nurkic. 
Gordon off the bench. I would obviously say Nasir Little off the bench. I think you have to bring Jordan Goodwin off the bench. And you probably stick with Drew Eubanks off the bench. So, Kata Bates-Diop is not playing. Chemezi Metu is not playing. Yudawat Nabe is not playing. You try to have neither Okogi and Goodwin on the court. You don't want to have them on the court together. You want to have another ball handling option besides the star when you stagger Booker and Durant, whether that's Allen, Gordon, Goodwin, maybe two of those guys on the court in the one-star lineups when possible. And of course, Nurkic helps there too. Balance out, get get Durant and Booker to, to, to freewheel and figure out how to make each other better. We've seen this, right? All three games against the Utah Jazz this season, the Minnesota Timberwolves game, there have been examples. I would even say the Warriors game on Tuesday wasn't terrible. The Warriors game on the day before Thanksgiving wasn't too bad either. There are examples throughout this season of this working. And a lot of what I'm saying is taken from that. It's not just my random speculation or instinct or trying to pretend like I'm some kind of basketball genius. I've just seen what works. And I think that they need to stick with that. That'll wrap us up. Had to get some of that out before the next game because I think, think Friday night was big and I think the players will respond and I think we will start to see some some lines drawn in the sand of how how the game needs to be played for this team to win and stop feeling it out. So let's hope so. I'll talk to you guys Sunday night after the Suns-Wizards with Brandon Duenas. Enjoy that game. Hopefully, it's a little prettier. Talk to you then.